Oh my God. So I just recorded like 20 minutes of an episode and I did it with headphones in because this new emergency vehicle, um, this new microphone that I got has the capability to plug headphones into it. So you can hear yourself as you're recording. Like those people, you know, you know, like the podcast you see on YouTube where like people, you know, with their little headphones on and shit. So I haven't recorded anything with headphones in all of the way that I've recorded. Um, it's just been me talking into a microphone and I don't hear myself and that's it. And I've gotten used to it and I've really liked it. The only downside is that like after I'm done recording, I have to listen to it back because I want to make sure that it all sounds good. And also maybe that I didn't say anything too crazy or weird, um, which has happened before where I say something, I listen to it back and I'm like, oh no. And I go and I like edit it out or I just scrap the entire fucking episode. And this is actually what I might end up doing with this one because hearing myself makes it just so, uh, makes it different, makes it, I, I'm not sure if I like it. So we're going to redo this and, um, yeah. So this episode, we're talking about adoption. I just realized recently that it's a, um, a weird thing, I guess. I mean, not that it's so weird, but it is like different and you really don't meet a lot of people who are adopted. Um, I've only known a few in my life. Also, when I was in elementary school, it was me who was adopted and then one other family. So it was two other girls, but they were both adopted into the same family. So a lot of people, a lot of kids in elementary school thought that it was so cool that I was adopted, which is like, not it. <laughs> like, I know that it's a like different and not normal and like not common, but it's definitely, I would not say it's not, <laughs> it's not cool. It's not fucking cool. Um, the kids being kids, cause they don't fucking, they're stupid, right? Like kids just don't know shit. <laughs> so <laughs> they thought that it was cool because they said, I wish I was adopted. And I said, why? And they were like, cause they chose you. And it's like the stupidest fucking reason because like, it's just not, not, uh, no, <laughs> like, no dude, because your family and my family loves me too. Okay. <laughs> but like, it's, the your brain when it's forming when you're a child to have and you know to have nurture and to have care and to have people from your biological family um taking care of you the development of your brain that is so important at that time and I didn't have that and I, I think that it shows <laughs> Um, not to say and not to hide behind adoption because I literally have had such bad behavioral issues all the way up until like, ugh, fuck, kind of recently again, just like with the moving scam, I didn't want to hide behind the fact that I was going through withdrawals. I didn't want to say that I threw the coffee table into the wall because I was going through withdrawals. That was a decision that I made. It was a wrong one. And I can't say, I, I can't like have that excuse. I don't think that that's fair. I would fucking kind of 
love it, but I just want to be realistic and I want to be reasonable and I want to, you know, make sure that I'm not being so much of an asshole. I mean, a little bit's fine, but not too much. Um, and so I don't want to like come on here and say that my behavior is completely contingent on the fact that I was adopted. Some of it is though. Okay. I've had severe abandonment issues and it only fucking makes sense that it came from me being adopted. And that's like kind of not up to me. So all of these things, all of these issues in my life that are personal, my anxiety, my depression, my personality almost pretty much has been kind of, um, decided by something that I didn't have a say in something that happened when I was a child and, um, it's, it has really impacted me. And so I, th- I think that it's only fair for me to, you know, come on here and tell the story, I guess, even though, you know, is there, is there a more personal story? I don't think so. (laughs) But, you know, when I started this podcast, that was like the whole idea was that I've had a bunch of weird shit happen to me that statistically, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. I've, I've not saying that I'm like so weird or anything, but I have talked to a bunch of other people and they've only had like 1% of things happen to them that I have had happen to me. So, you know, and, and options, one of them, just like I said, I had a whole ass elementary school. I have no idea how many kids were in that elementary school. And I was like one of two people who were adopted. So, and, and a lot of people when they, when, um, it comes out or like, you know, I bring it up or like, you know, because it, it doesn't come up very often. Why would it? So once it like comes out that like I'm adopted, people are shocked. <laughs> people are like, I, I don't know. Like it's just, they don't see it coming or something like that. It's weird for them. However, for me, it's all I know. Like it was never weird for me because that was my normal. So for my family, my sister is biological to my parents and my brother is adopted from another family. So my brother's Korean. What's funny is that when I would tell people in, in school that I had a Gre- Korean brother, they said, oh my God, your family's Korean? My God, you, you live with Koreans? No. He's adopted too. <laughs> From a Korean family. And my family is white. So... <laughs> uh, I've had a very... I have a very unique family. And... You know, it, it is what it is. There are things that I kind of wish weren't the way that they were because I see other families who are a little bit closer and I feel like maybe who understand each other a little bit more. Um, but my family is what it is. And I do love them and I do care about them. And, you know, that's just the cards that I was, I was dealt and everything. So... Um, another thing that I need to point out is that my, my biological mom has reached out to me. No, (laughs) excuse me. No, she has not reached out to me. She has reached out to my family members. She reached out to my sister. She reached out to my mom. And I think this was all over Facebook or at least like, um, she reached out to my sister over Facebook. 
I don't have Facebook. I haven't had Facebook since 2011. And what is weird to me and what I actually brought up with my mom. um, So going forward, when I talk about my biological parents, I will say biological parents. When I say mom and dad, when I say parents, I'm talking about my adoptive parents, my actual fucking parents, my actual fucking family. So I went to my mom and, and told her this because since my journalism career, it's made me very much on the internet. It's made me so I'm easily found and I'm like everywhere on the internet. Like you can just Google my name and boop, there I am. Like profiles, email addresses, phone numbers. I'm pretty sure because there's um for the Denver Post, that's their actual office number and I don't work there anymore. So, so um, you can't reach me <laughs> that way. But I'm pretty sure there was an article that I wrote for one of the publications in California that had my real life fucking cell phone number on it. So I mean like, I guess I'm just easily found on the internet anymore because of my journalism career. And, and that's been, you know, since 2017 before that even, I think. So if my biological mom wanted to reach out to me and message me, try to get a hold of me, she could easily. And I asked my mom about this because she's only reached out to my mom and my sister She's never fucking contacted me. And that's not an invitation. If you're listening right now, the answer's no. <laughs> but anyway, so I asked my mom about this and she said, well, I think that she wants, you know, she wants you to reach out to her. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. Because you know what happened is that when she reached out to my mom, she called the house phone, the landline from um, my childhood home, you know, because you can find that shit in the fucking phone book back in the day, Right. So she calls the landline. She asks for me. She doesn't tell my mom who's calling, but my mom um, figures that it was her because she used my full name. So I have two middle names, actually. The second one is my biological parents' last name, which I would love to fucking get rid of. I have been meaning actually to file it with the court a name change um the the only thing is that like I kind of don't have like that much expendable cash right now it's the holidays tax season is coming up I'll get to it eventually but I will say that it's something that I want to do is completely erase their fucking name from my name so here's what happened she called the landline my mom answered said that I wasn't there because I was off like galvanting with my friends I was 19 years old And my mom said, can I take a message? Um, My biological mom said, no, blah, blah, blah. Then she called back again, my biological mom. Again, same thing happened. I wasn't there. My mom said, she's not here right now. Can I take a message? And then my biological mom freaked the fuck out. She freaked the fuck out on my mom. She said, you can't keep her from us. We're her real family. That shit crazy stuff, right? So my mom is telling me this. She sat me down. She said, you know, your biological mom called and this is what happened. And my mom is telling me this, tears in her eyes, upset, you know, because I think that would shake anybody. And I say, no. Um, no, I don't want that in my life. 
what she did was wrong. What she said to you was wrong. I'm sorry that she did that. And I'm not going to allow that to enter my life. She isn't owed anything from me. She isn't owed anything from you. And to come to my mom who raised me and say that shit is not okay. It's completely not okay. It's probably the most inappropriate thing that you could ever fucking say to somebody in that situation. Are you crazy? Are you crazy, lady? That's not going to happen. I'm not going to put up with that. I am still dealing with the shit that you did to me when I was an infant, when I was in your care. And now you're going to come back to me, you know, 19 years later, say that shit to my fucking mom and expect me to give you the time of day. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that's just something I have to throw out there because for all I know, she could be listening, (laughs) which is kind of a creepy thought to me because like I said earlier, I haven't known anybody who was related to me and it kind of freaks me out. It's one of the reasons why, one of the reasons, plural, one of the reasons why I don't want to have kids because I've never met anybody who's related to me and the idea of having somebody who kind of looks like me, kind of talks like me, kind of has the same, you know, their brain works a little bit like mine. That's fucking weird to me. And I know that's, that's, not weird to like everybody else, like literally a majority of other people, but that's just not something I have experience with. And it's just, it, since I don't have that experience and since, you know, it's something that's so foreign to me, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable to even think about it, let alone to be, you know, willingly put myself in that situation. Um, especially with somebody who is so, who treated me so poorly So my parents, my biological parents, um, they didn't put me up for adoption. Their rights were revoked by the state because they were abusive. Um, When I was an infant, my biological mom was holding me. My biological dad and them got into a fight. My biological dad shoved my biological mom into the wall while she was holding me and broke my little infant arm. And, you know... I think that I was actually probably the thing that made them made their uh, the state revoke their rights because I think they went to the hospital and the hospital is not fucking stupid. Yeah, it's the same reason why like people in gangs like um, pay off uh, veterinarians to like help them like remove their bullets because the people at the hospital, they ask you, obviously, well, what happened? Why does this, you know month old baby have a broken arm and I don't know what the fuck they told them I don't know if they told them the truth I don't know um it might be documented I might be able to find that out but to be honest I don't fucking care so (laughs) that was probably you know the thing that got me taken away or whatever but another thing that I learned that I will say that for some reason I'm embarrassed by Um, I have like this shame for whatever reason. I don't know why, because I was completely innocent in this situation. Like I was just a baby. I had done nothing wrong. Um, she didn't do it because 
she hated me, Shannon, personally. She would have done it to any infant that she had. But um, she didn't have a lot of money, I guess. And not enough to afford formula, I guess. And so the bottle that she fed me um, had Kool-Aid in it. And for a while, my baby teeth were really fucked up because of that. I have no idea why I have so much shame um, toward that situation. I feel, sh- I'm feel, I feel ashamed saying that. I feel embarrassed. I don't know why. Um, I have not gone to therapy <laughs> about my adoption. I've gone to therapy about other things, about other situations, about other traumatic events. But I've never really talked about like my adoption. I probably should. I mean, it's affected my entire life. It's affected my entire personality. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that happened with the bottle. And then I was actually diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome as well. She drank while she was pregnant with me. And that sucks. Um, but I am grateful because I don't have it that badly. Um, when I was a kid, I had like some, uh, like I was a little, I can read and I can write. Okay. But I'm pretty bad at math. I mean, who isn't though? And I had problems concentrating, but I think that was just because, you know, my home life was so, um, unstable and like me as a person, I was unstable. I couldn't concentrate in school because I was thinking about all these other things. And so I, I would, um, engage in like escapism where I would have this it's now it's called maladaptive daydreaming and or immersive daydreaming the only difference between the two is one you can't get things done in life so that's maladaptive I think and I think I'm saying that right maladaptive I don't know so that one is where you can't get things done because you're so consumed in these daydreams and then immersive daydream is more just like a normal type of daydream but it's a little bit more involved and I will say and I haven't really told anybody this but I do have a an entire other life in my head <laughs> that I daydream about so I would do that and it's changed over the years this the life that I was daydreaming about when I was a kid is not the same life that I day, daydream about now but I was super, and, and sometimes I do get kind of, um, lost in it still. Um, I'm a lot better about it now just because my life is a lot better and I don't have, you know, I don't need a lot of the escape escapism that I used to. But when I was a kid, um, it was really bad. It was really bad. I couldn't concentrate for shit because I just wanted to live in this other world. And it's part of the reason why I became a writer. Probably. I think I don't fucking know, but that happened. And so I couldn't concentrate on what the fuck the teacher was saying because I was just so dissatisfied with my life. And I just needed to think about, you know, this other life that I could have or whatever. And it just, you know, I have a pretty good imagination. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the meme tweet or whatever, um, asking, you know, one, two, three, four, five, when you imagine an apple, like how, um, detailed is it? And I, w- I wouldn't say that I'm a five, so I wouldn't say that I'm completely detailed, but I do have a pretty good imagination. It's not like black in there or anything. So I suffered from that and they put me on, um, Concerta to help me focus. So I actually don't even think my learning disability was that correlated to fetal alcohol syndrome. I think it was more correlated to the fact that I probably have ADHD. However, I don't give a fuck anymore. Okay. This whole like neuro, and I'm hold on while I sound like a Republican for a second. (laughs) But for me personally, personally, like 
obviously, if you guys you want to go out and get tested for autism, you get on medication, you do that. Please do that if you want, if that's what you want to do. Would love that for you. For me, I don't fucking care anymore. I've spent so much of my life being, you know, having people tell me what's wrong with me and this, that, and the other thing. And I don't fucking want it anymore. I just want to be myself. I'm what they call well-adjusted. And I would just like to continue being well-adjusted. I don't, I don't want to fix anything. I don't want to change anything. I just want to get more comfortable and more accepting of who I am just with who I am. And what's interesting is that I think that it came from me being a kid and them, you know, putting me in therapy to help my behavioral issues, putting me in a special class because she can't concentrate, um, you know, put her on medication, put her on this other medication because that didn't work, put her on this other medication because that also didn't work. And do you feel better now, Shannon? No, I fucking don't, dude. I feel fucking shitty and I feel like who I am isn't allowed. I feel like everyone's trying to make me into everybody else and who I am is wrong. And I don't want to fucking think that anymore. I've thought about that or I've thought that, you know, pretty much up until recently, I've really only made the decision that I'm going to actually just accept who I am and not try to change like all of this shit and make me conform to these societal pressures and, you know, what everyone else is doing. Can I just be weird or different or like not be able to do some things that other people do? Who gives a fuck? So that's where I am right now with that. (laughs) Um, What's interesting, too, is I've noticed, you know, other people who have who had behavioral issues when they were a kid and they were put on medication. And of course, you have to, like, go through medication to see if it works, you know, Prozac, Welbutrin, whatever, Lexapro, whatever, um, because you have to find the right one that works for you. However, a lot of those times they're like 13 years old and they don't even know what the fuck is going on anyway. They have all these hormonal things changing their life and dealing with, you know, drama at school and then being bad at math. And what does that mean? You know, because I suck at math, I must just suck in general and have all of these weird thoughts going through your head and have to work on self-esteem issues. And then you're putting on this medication to, you know, not only make you feel better, that's what they disguise it as. Let's, let's make you feel better, but also let's change you to make you more digestible, to make you more, to make you, um, more likable, to make you easier to be around, to make you so you don't lash out and have all these intense feelings and take it out on other people and, and ruin their day and shit like that. But is, is that just not being a teenager? Is that not just like figuring things out? And sure, it's a little bit more extreme for some people. It was definitely more extreme for me. And I will say that it was, um, I was a little bit of a terror. Okay. For a second, (sighs) not for a second, for a while, uh, for most of my life. (laughs) Okay. But trying to figure that out and, and sure, I wasn't having fun at the same, I I wasn't having fun with that either. My parents weren't having fun. My siblings weren't having fun. My teachers weren't having fun. I get that. I get that. But that type of shit where let's put her on medication because clearly she's struggling. She's struggling with herself. We're struggling with her. Impacted my self-esteem 
so greatly that I'm still struggling with it to this day. I've gotten a lot better, but it was one of the hardest things that I had to deal with with myself. So I don't want to come on here and say that like it's because of adoption or or anything like that, but a child, an infant child was never and will never be equipped to deal with the trauma caused by a broken arm, the trauma caused by being taken away from their biological family. And I'm not saying that it was wrong for me to be taken away from my biology. I think it was completely justified, you know, um, physical abuse. And uh, of course, I I don't want any more of that. And sure, I, I get it. But naturally, it's just not natural. And it makes sense that it would affect the um, development of someone's brain. And it deeply affected mine. I can tell that for sure. And I see it in other people who are adopted too. So what's also interesting is that all the other people who I know who are adopted did meet up with their biological families and it went awful, awfully. Like it was was a disaster. And it it was almost kind of like the same thing that happened with my biological biological, family. mom where it was just a lot of like resentment and bitterness and stuff and it's just I now when I meet somebody who's adopted and who um wants to find their biological families I I tell them my story I tell them the story that I've had with you know some of my other friends who have met up with their biological families and I tell them you know be absolutely sure because I've seen this, you know, go the other way. And it's interesting because, and I've heard that it is natural for when you become of a certain age that you want to seek out your biological parents. Okay, that that did not happen to me. (laughs) Um, I was very, very resentful and bitter toward the fact that they had given me so many issues because the fetal alcohol syndrome, the abuse, um... For a while, they thought that I had borderline personality disorder. And to be honest, I I might have because they do say that people with BPD, they mellow out um, as they get older. And uh, but I had talked with two um, therapists and one psychiatrist and they all said, no, you don't have BPD. Um, A big part of it is I guess I'm not manipulative enough, which is interesting. So... (laughs) I don't have BBT. I just am kind of a dick, but I do mean well. (laughs) So I was really fucking pissed off that I had to deal with so much anxiety for a majority of my life and all these severe abandonment issues. I was very attached to me, my mom. So my adoptive mom And whenever she would leave, I would get intense panic attacks. The problem with that was that I was like, you know, young, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We had no idea that it was anxiety. Um, We just thought it was severe fucking behavioral issues. I mean, this was back in the 90s. So mental health was, you know, still fake back then. And anxiety was still just, you know, kids wanting attention. 
And so that was a huge issue for me. And I knew that I had these behavioral issues and it was a problem for me, but I just couldn't help it. It was almost like something, you know, whenever I would get mad and it was mostly mad. I mean, like when I say upset, I mean, of course I was like sad and I was feeling all these emotions, but it it was mostly blind rage, unfortunately. Um, It was like it took over my entire body being my entire body, my entire soul. And it was like, I was a different person. And it, and it was like, it was like, I, I couldn't turn it off. It was just uncontrolled, um, emotions. And, um, it was something that ruined a lot in my life. And when I would get into these arguments with my mom, she would say, you know, blame your, your biological mom. She did this to you. And I mean, it is true and accurate because I think that a lot of people don't understand that when you have a child, you know, the first, um, I don't know, six months or something. I don't know shit about kids. I do know though, that when you're a baby and the way you're, you're treated when you're a baby, it's pretty important. And, um, she didn't do it right. So I turned out like this and I was resentful of that. So uh, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about, you know, people who are looking into adopt other kids because I think it's great. I think you should do it. It's the only way that I would ever be a parent, even though I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to be a parent ever. I definitely don't want to be pregnant. It sounds like a really bad time <laughs> because like I said, I, and I mean, I just don't want to be anxious while I'm pregnant. And when I look at pregnant people, they look really uncomfortable. <laughs> That's another thing. People think that I'm like a baby hater because, because I don't like kids. I mean, okay, hold on. It's not that I don't like kids. It's just that I don't really, <sighs> I just, they're weird, you know, (laughs) they are, they're strange and I just don't get them. And I don't, I think I just don't have enough of, um, self, um, I'm not secure enough to be able to be a good, um, person with a child because I I just look at them and I'm, I have no idea what the fuck is going on in their brain. And I, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get them. So that's part of it. It's not that I hate them. I actually really love like I I love that kids exist. I I know that sounds weird. I just wanted to come on here and tell that story because it is a big part of my life, even though it's something that, um, it's kind of weird because it has affected every facet of my life, but yet I don't really think about it very often. Um, it's weird because the trauma that I experience from like other things in life, the way I react to that trauma is entirely tied to my adoption. I mean, everything is. I I would say that like everything about my personality is tied to my adoption, but it's weird because I look at everything as an isolated event traumatically, you know? So this traumatic event, blah, blah, blah. But the way I react to it, the way I handle it, the decisions that I make are almost all entirely connected to my adoption. But yet I think about it zero. So 
and it's just very interesting because like I said, I often forget that adoption is so uncommon and, and you know, not, not something you see every day. And, and I know that, you know, a lot of people don't meet a lot of people who are adopted. And um, so I kind of forget that, you know, it is such a different, uncommon thing. It's weird. Um, so th- and that's what I was saying where like, I didn't even think about talking about it on here. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind as something that was like an uncommon story that I should tell on, you know, the statistically improbable podcast. <laughs> that was actually an idea that I had to call it statistically improbable, but then I thought highly improbable sounded better. And I still agree with that. Um, but statistically improbable is also accurate because I do think that a lot of these things are statistically a question mark, um, for me. So anyway, um, that's all I can really think about or think of, um, that is tied to my adoption. I really told you absolutely everything. Um, yeah, I do have like half siblings who, um, have been interested in, being in contact with me. The, th- the thing is, is that I just have gotten used to the life that I have right now um, with the family that I have right now, with the way that I've handled it and everything. And I just don't want anybody coming into this life that I've made and rattling it and shaking it all up and um, making a difference. And that might sound mean. It might sound cruel. It might sound, you know, like, oh, these people deserve a chance. And the thing is, is that this is not your fucking life. It is not your decision. It is not up to you. You will never change my mind. And that just is what it is. 